0: The Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. Live from the Tap House Grill in Montgomery. Now alongside the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. Here's your host, Nick Brunker. All right, welcome in. It is another Monday night live here at the Tap House Grill in Montgomery. Glad you are with us. For the next hour, we'll talk Cyclone talking with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. Plus, David McDonald, Josh Shalla, Both here tonight to talk with us. And you as well as we move through the hour. Glad you were here. I hope your holiday season so far going well. The Cyclones coming off. Of a two and one week, as they will play two games over the next five days. They'll play Wednesday, Friday, both against the Florida Everblades. More about that and the rest of the weekend with head coach Jared Scalzi. Now, a couple of thrillers over the last uh, few days. Tell us a little bit about your impressions uh, on the week that was.
1: Yeah, you're right, Nick. Those were uh, the first two games. Wednesday and th- uh, Friday obviously uh, were pretty exciting. I thought uh, you know falling behind in uh, the game on Wednesday night and finding a way to come back and tie it, and then of course. Uh, Pretty exciting uh, shootout with of course Josh uh, scoring the winner on Wednesday and then uh almost same scenario on uh, Friday getting to that shootout and it uh, went a little bit longer than uh, than the one on Wednesday but of course uh, getting the two points is always nice and I, I thought on Friday, Saturday I, which a lot of people here were at the game on Saturday I thought we had opportunities, we had a couple breakaways, um, you know we just couldn't get the, to the back of the net early there and they got up on us so uh, you know Brian Foster's first loss of the season so I think it was a great run for him and uh, you know, I think it was a pretty good week getting two out of three for the week is uh, mm-hmm. obviously something and that you, if you can do that on a consistent base, it's a pretty good, uh, pretty good week. But um, you know, as long as we're setting ourselves up for that great week, um, you know, it'd be nice. Uh, it would have been nice.
0: I guess let's talk first about the shootout and the scenarios that that come into play for a coach Uh, I think that maybe every coach is different I don't know how it goes but uh, you think about your five that you want to put out there on a nightly basis I know that that different again coaches have different mindsets how does it go how do you make the decisions on who shoots uh, and what round And, and how does that that mindset come into play for you throughout the night
1: well, David McDonald's usually going to be the 18th. Uh, I know that. <laughs> start off. Then I go. Then I go. The. Uh, then I start building it up from there. But no, just kidding. Um, He's 17th. You, you know what? Um, uh, you know, it's, we've only been what's our third one this year. We mm-hmm. had that first one of the year, and and some guys you don't even still quite know under those situations. I mean, I know Abby. Obi. Abby's going to go from his right to his left and go glove side high every time. and uh, more times than not he's successful with it. Um, you know with um, uh, you know guys like uh, uh, John McFarland, I knew that uh, You know obviously he's got a great shot. He's mm-hmm. highly skilled. He can score goals. Um, you know, sometimes Pelly. Uh, the, the concern I have with Pelly sometimes is that uh, he, he doesn't like to shoot the puck. He wants to make moves, and if the ice is bad, it's, he's kind of a hit-or-miss kind of mm-hmm. kind of guy because he's got <laughs> great hands. He's got some great moves, but uh, sometimes in those shootouts, uh, you just got to come down and just bury it, you know, just uh, to get that quick release. And I think OH has got a good uh, good release, low blocker side, and, and, and so you kind of get a feel on how the game's going, but I thought... Uh, um, and of course, I get the win on Wednesday. You almost go through the same thing for um, for Friday, right. and. Uh that was good. I mean, you know, Josh, he's a big-time goal scorer. He's had tremendous success this year. So he's a guy, of course, you want to get into the shootout uh, in, in that situation. And I think with a guy like him, too, when, you, when he goes third, fourth, or fifth there, you know, when the game could be on the line, those are the kind of guys you want uh, in that situation.
0: And you feel like on the other side of the ice, you really had nothing to worry about. For Brian Foster, he just continues to do what he does, and that's stop pucks. And I was talking to some people off the air before the show started. He just makes it look easy. The shots
1: that that should look difficult called look very easy for him. He's just so focused. I mean, he prepares so well. I mean, uh, he prepares as well as anybody uh, anybody I've seen or, or played in a long time and, uh, you know, his mental preparation before the game and right in between periods even, he's uh, he's continuing to stay focused. So, you know, when he gets in those shootout situations, he's so ready. He's just ready to go. He, he sees the puck well. He's so calm and he doesn't get phased by things. If he does happen to get beat, it doesn't phase him. He just continues on and, uh, like I said, he just tracks pucks so well and he sees Pucks very well. Uh,
0: Josh Burkholz, of course, had a very good week as well, and you know we talked about him at, at length actually over the last couple of weeks, and uh, he's been arguably one of your most uh, consistent weapons over the last couple. Uh, is there anything that you can point to reasons behind how how his progress has come along in such a short time? Did you say um, Josh Burkholz,
1: Josh Burkhalter. Yeah, I mean, he. I think one thing with him is I think uh, obviously getting a little more ice time I think has been uh, good for him. When he first got here, it, it's unfortunate, you know, we we got a bunch of guys down from. Milwaukee and San Antonio. He's one of the later guys. And we've already started identifying, you know, some guys. Like, obviously, you know, uh, uh, Shal's here. He's an offensive guy, a power play guy. And then you got some guys like Lindstrom. You know you want to get him on the penalty kill. And then when he got here, we've already sort of started identifying where guys are. So Mm -hmm. he sort of got lost in the shuffle a little bit. uh, Sat a bunch of games. And then uh, now he's getting that opportunity to play a lot. I think he just has so much speed. He's got a great shot. Um, You know, he can play in different situations. And I think... uh, um, you know as we continue on here with the leading up into Christmas here with five games left and uh, you know He's going to continue to get that opportunity.
0: You guys get an offensive shot in the arm today Actually, just a few minutes ago It became official that David Pekam was reassigned to the Cyclones. He is expected to be in the lineup on Wednesday uh, Yes, yeah, certainly an exciting uh, guy to get back into the fold uh, I know he is probably itching to get back on the ice after sitting a few times up in San Antonio the last couple of uh, of a la- a Last couple of games out so uh, I guess tell me a little bit about what he brings to this club back because when he left he was among the top five top six and now he's coming back in still among top five and top six
1: yeah i it's he's had a great start to the year i mean uh found a way every night to contribute and i think with Pac-Man, you know he can play your power plays he's he's really good on the penalty kill he's got uh and then again another all situation type guy so i I think uh it's an opportunity for him to come back down and play a lot he sat out i think three in a row up there um, you know, it's, it was good for him to get up, get us some American Hockey League games, but I think for him to, you know, get that opportunity to play in every every situation. So, you know, we're excited. I mean, uh, I think Pac-Man, um, you know, is a big part of our team. He was a big part of our success uh, mm-hmm. starting off the season. And uh, where we're at right now with the centerman, we, at, we have one natural centerman and Mike Pellick, uh playing, so it's uh, it's a real big relief to get Pac-Man back in our lineup. And that's a
0: testament too. You mentioned the, the lack of natural centermen, and, and we talk about that position as as kind of a linchpin for a lot of uh, a lot of areas of the ice, whether it be on defense and the neutral zone. It, it is really it has been nice to see guys stepping up into positions that may they may not otherwise be very comfortable playing, and not only playing well, but but sometimes excelling at that spot.
1: Well, yeah, I mean we've asked uh, Francois Bouchard to play center. I mean he's not a natural centerman, but I think he's done a great Job. He's won a lot of face offs, and uh, you know, I thought he, he, he brought a lot more speed at center the first couple games, so I, it was a great to have him there. And I think in, in, in Josh Burkholz, he's a more of a winger, but uh, since he's been in the lineup, he's been a centerman for us just because with Cam Reed going up, you know, starting with Mike Pellick, uh, David Pecan and Cam Reed down the middle, mm-hmm. um, you know, losing those two, someone had to fill that void with Dan Eves being out who can fill in at center uh, uh, seamlessly uh, up being out. We need to go to uh, Berkey and uh, and Frankie Bouchard. So uh, they've done a good job. So I think uh, for Wednesday's game, we'll get Pac-Man back in the middle and... Uh either get uh, Francois on the left or right side here with uh, either him or Pelly or maybe mix up some combinations. You have saw
0: a lot of roster shuffling of late, and obviously that goes into play. This time of year, any time of year, sometimes it, it, they begin to stack up on you a bit. Matthias Lindstrom missed the game over the weekend uh, with a lower body injury. Of course, Garrett Wilson out. Uh, there are some guys that have been on the ro- uh, the injury reserve for a while. Of course, McFadden now on the 21. Luciani uh, perhaps uh, in a comeback situation at some point. I guess without going into all the details, Tell us where things are health-wise for some of the players that have missed time.
1: Well, Josh Burkholz is going to be out for, uh, not just Josh so uh, Josh McFadden. Josh McFadden. Not gonna Josh, say here. Josh McFadden is going to be out for at least uh, four or five weeks with that MCL. And I think, uh, you know, Lucha Skating, uh you know, he's not full contact. He's, uh, at least he's on the ice and uh, he, he's on the practice with us. So I think within a week or two, maybe that last weekend against South Carolina, uh, maybe we'll see Luch on the ice in his new number 90. Yes, and um, see how he uh, see how he does. But uh, <laughs> he he needs some time. He needs to get in practice. He needs some contact. And uh, but you know we're excited. It'd be great to have Luch back. I think. Uh, a guy like that that can score goals uh, another guy that's big part of our team a big character in the room that um, you know fun guy to be around and uh, a, a great teammate so i think uh, getting him in our lineup scoring us some goals i think would be a big boost for us
0: certainly we uh take questions throughout the course of the week on twitter we had a, a couple of very common questions I and mean, phrased differently but basically What's going on with Michael Hauser? How's his progress, and how far away is he from perhaps getting some game action?
1: Um, I talked to him today. Uh, he, he still gets a little bit of stiffness in his, his uh, knee, but uh, I think a good week of practice, he may get a start on Friday. Um, just kind of see how Wednesday goes, and then uh, um, uh, you know the next couple days will tell a lot on how he's feeling. But I, I wouldn't. Uh, I would love to see him get in maybe on Friday or at the. At the latest Wednesday. So, um, you know, we want to give him the net. He's, he's a quality goaltender. He's had tremendous success at the junior level with the London Knights and unfortunately uh, got this injury and sort of. You know, uh, derail the start of the season, but uh, we're excited to get in the lineup and get him going. I think it'll be a nice break for Fozzie, uh, you know, as we get into after Christmas here with, uh, you know, three and threes and four and fives. We're going to need two goaltenders for sure.
0: Your your team defense, speaking of, has continued to shine. You've held opponents to three goals or less in nearly two thirds of your games, and uh, I guess that's got to be a testament to the the guys doing the little things that you talk about, making plays simple, isn't
1: it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it starts obviously with our goaltending. I think Fozzie's done a great job in, in all. Those areas, but also I think all our, our all our defensemen are mobile. I think they can close quickly on pucks. They can get to pucks quickly. Uh, they all got that f- great first pass. So it, it's really nice to have six guys, well, seven guys back there that all can uh, that all can move the puck and can all skate. And you know, from our forward standpoint, we've got guys that, that block shots. We've talked about it here before. Is you know, it's contagious. You see one or two guys do it, and it makes everybody accountable. And uh, you see everybody to a man on our team, all our forwards and they'll get in front of shots and block shots.
0: And we talked about the come camaraderie of the room. It, it, every game it seems to be another example of of guys stepping up for others when either a, you know, a somewhat questionable hit comes in or somebody takes a liberty on one of your players. As much as you, you point to the fact that you're one of the, I think at this point, one of the top three fewest major penalty teams in the ECHL in terms of the fights, uh, you never seem to go into a game feeling like you're going to get pushed around. That has to be very comforting as a coach.
1: No, I think it's 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 great to see. I think our guys all year long, I mean we're 21 games in, have always stuck up for each other and la uh, um, you know, I don't think there's any question there. I think if anything ever happens or uh, all five guys are right in there, I think uh, it's great to see. and It uh, doesn't matter who it is or what the situation is. And uh, you know, When you can have a, a bunch of guys that have that care factor and care for each other and, and, and will stick up for each other, it goes a long way with the, with the camaraderie in the room and, and, and what it says about the people we have in our room.
0: We'll have a chance now to talk a little bit about each individual player that are going to be joining us. Josh Shala and David McDonald will be with us uh, to discuss hockey and more with us coming up. But I guess first let's talk about Shala. Points in eight of his last 11. He's a guy that you can can seem to count on every single night for, for some sort of offensive success and really is not only just a good offensive player, but a two-way player, plus six rating. I and mean, that's the type of guy that plays in all three zones.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, Shala has, has had a great start to the season. Uh, you know, like you said, Nick, anything around the net there, it's going to be in the back of the net. He finds ways. It's on his stick. He's got such a great release. And he goes to those tough areas to score goals. I mean, in order to, you know, put up points that he has in, in junior and he so far has this year in, in his first pro career, for first pro season, um, you know, he goes to those areas, those areas that, that that goal scorers have to go to. And I think that's when, that's, that's great about shells. And with that great hand, he's got great vision. I, you know, he's knocked pucks out of the air for goals. He can pick up pucks through traffic, through screens. So, I mean, he's just got all those... Uh, all those things that are required to be a big-time goal scorer at this level and 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 levels above, which he is going to get to here uh, very soon or eventually.
0: And speaking of consistent, David McDonald has really come into his own as well in terms of his identity, and that I think is is much of of a factor as him playing more games, but also really stepping up and being comfortable in any scenario.
1: Yeah, I think uh, you know you, the roles develop and stuff like that, and I think uh, you talked about being team tough and stuff, and uh, we're not asking. Uh, Uh, Mac to to go out there and fight every night or anything like that, but I I think his teammates know that if anything's going on on the ice that uh, Mac will be in there. He'll be the first guy in there and uh, there's no question that uh, the respect that his teammates have for him in that room is absolutely tremendous and uh, you know, he demonstrates it every night, how hard he competes and and uh, how he steps up for teammates in, in different scenarios. So, um, you know, I can't say enough of what David McDonald brings to our hockey team and what he what he does for, our team, for his teammates.
0: Let's date back to the last couple of games against Evansville and Kalamazoo. Uh, I find it interesting because we had the same conversation last week about how you can't take Evansville for granted. You know what kind of hockey team they have, at least in terms of, of schemes. But I think if anything could have pointed to that even more true with Saturday's game, where they obviously had a, a great deal of confidence understandably so uh, and I think that maybe at least from where I sit you, you look at a team like that and say this is a team that in the right situation can really be a danger in this division although they are in the basement was that a good learning lesson for you and, and maybe a, a game to point to and say this is why we can't take them for granted not that you did yeah. but the fact that you know they they have the skill to beat teams
1: yeah absolutely I don't think uh, from the first time we saw them this year till Saturday night I mean they've got they've got a pretty good hockey team I mean I think they've gotten better what uh, all the teams that we've played uh, r- r- you know over 3 4 times i think they've definitely gotten better um, you know that first time we saw them i thought uh you know, maybe we did take them a little lightly, whatever whatever the scenario was, but, uh, you know, and then we beat them 6-1 at home, and, but, uh, you know, they, they came back in, and, and, you know, we just got, we got out of that one with that shootout win, I thought, uh, you know, we, we we outshot them, I believe, by a bunch in the first, and, mm-hmm. but, you know, they, they're, they've gotten better, I think Todd Robinson, obviously, is a guy that uh, adds offense to that team, and, you know, they've got a couple of guys down with that McLeod, and, uh, I know they've made a couple of trades, so um, you know they are—they're going to be—they're going to be. They're gonna be a, uh, I'm not going to say a force in the, in the division, but they're definitely going to be a team right there that. that all of us, uh, you know, from Toledo, Kalamazoo, Fort Wayne, mm-hmm. that uh, it's not just going to be rolling over Evansville. I think they're going to be a very tough team uh, the rest of the season. And
0: you, you finished that string of six consecutive North Division games now with Florida coming in for the next two. It's kind of a nice change of pace. You get to, to see some new faces and some new team uh, setups and obviously you've you've had a good relationship with uh, one, of, one of their coaches, Brad Tapper, who's going to be down uh, and is down here uh, right now. I think they came in this morning, practiced as well, but uh, it's nice to maybe change things up a little bit. Instead of the status not that there's anything wrong with north division play to just play a little bit of different style
1: well, I mean, listen to Anthony Botello today with his New York accent, asking if there's only Kalamazoo, Toledo, and uh, <laughs> Evansville going to play this year. So, I think our players are—you're uh, excited. I get excited to see a new team. It's uh, something different—a team you don't see very often. I think from a fan standpoint, it's got to be exciting to to see somebody other than Kalamazoo and Evansville and and Toledo. So, um, no, it's great. And then, of course, we're, we'll get uh, our first uh, first time on the road in Fort Wayne, and then come back home for South Carolina. So, mm-hmm. I always think these games are. Um, they're a lot more interesting in the fact that the preparation you got to do a lot more preparation from a coaching standpoint um, it's kind of fun because we've, we've not seen a lot of these players on on Florida right. or South Carolina next week and uh, so it's it's fun it's fun to prepare. it's fun to watch some of Florida's uh, past games and and then get some input on some of their players and stuff so the the preparation part of it is is uh, definitely is fun for Mac and I
0: style wise you had a chance I'm not sure if you spent the entire time watching practice today or if you're cutting video elsewhere but uh, give us a sense of what you know about the Florida Everblades so far albeit you know just one day of practice and maybe a little bit of tape
1: well, they got A.J. Jenks sent down, so we know uh, Janksy <laughs> yeah. will be here. Janksy cat. Um, or, uh, to, oh, it is going to be dollar beer night because, um, is it dollar beer night? Wednesday night it is. Yeah. Indeed. Because, uh, Ugly sweater party. Last too. year, he was a guy that uh, hit a guy into the um, pyramid, and he turned around and saw there about three, four that were left, and he turned around <laughs> mid-game and hit the glass <laughs> so the cans, knocked over, and then joined the play. We actually caught it on video, and we show the players that we've shown them something defensive zone coverage and then showed Jenksy hitting a guy and then going back (laughs) to knock the rest of the cans over and then joining the play so you know they're a fast team I mean I know they've got off to a slow start Um, uh, they're kind of hit or miss they've got they have put a couple games together and then uh, seem to hit a tough patch so um, you know, they're very well coached. Greg Poss a very good coach, and Brad Tapper. And obviously, they've got some guys back. And uh, Matthew Waugh from last year that uh, won the Kelly Cup in, in Florida. So they've got a handful of guys that that, that were on that team. So uh, they're, they're going to be good. I mean, Florida's always got a competitive team. I know they're going to be a fast team. And, uh, you know, we're going to go over some things tomorrow, some adjustments that we want to make for uh, the next two games.
0: I've got a question about the power play and really the way teams are defending it. Uh, specifically, specifically. Specifically, about how aggressive it seems like teams. Now, maybe this is just by virtue of the fact that this is how they play. This is how they're coached. But some teams are, are, you know, more methodical. They don't try to come at you as hard. They try to stay in that that diamond shape or the box shape. Whereas it seems like Evansville and Toledo, and even a little bit Kalamazoo, went pretty much full bore on your guys even if they're on the boards allowing potentially some space in front of the net tell me what you've seen from the from the way teams are coming at after your power play
1: well I don't think it'd be the same thing if uh, you know we're playing a team that's running at 12 thirteen percent I would tell them the same thing go after these guys mm-hmm. obviously their power play struggling or or whatever it is so I think it's just a theme I don't I don't uh, maybe teams do change against us because they know we've had our troubles and I think I would do the exact same thing if uh, you know we're playing a team that that's power our play has, has struggled like ours has it's, it found some life there I thought last week mm-hmm. and um, so yeah I think it's just a case of where we're at where teams are just, uh, just coming at us harder and trying to put more pressure on us yep. and of course we've we're trying to make adjustments, different things to to find those soft spots. Where obviously, if the defenseman's going to be aggressive and the forward, the guy in the half wall's got to move the puck, and there's going to be some openings. If a team's going to be that aggressive, honest, there's going to be some open ice. So, you know, again, we're going to continue. I think we're going to we're going to look at it again. We're going to you know, most likely change some things and uh, uh, some different looks and and you know, with uh, maybe some different combinations. So. Uh, you know, like I said, I thought it had life there, uh, a couple, couple goals last week and stuff. And again, uh, I felt struggled again this week. So we'll just continue plugging away on it.
0: On the contrary, your penalty kill is is quite good. They continue to play well, and yeah, it certainly it comes back to goaltending a lot of times. But everybody has to play their part on the PK in order to for it to succeed. And it seems like of late, that's exactly what has happened.
1: Yeah, I mean our PK has been really good. Of course, it's you know Brian Foster has a lot to do with it. I think it has a lot to do with our our, def- our mobile defenseman and the fact that everybody's. Willing to block shots. So, um, you know, I like where PK is at. I like the direction it's going again. And, uh, you know, if that keeps going the way it should and, and our, our PP can pick it up here, it definitely makes a big difference in the games.
0: With the, the team being as young as it is, you think about all, all of the, the guys that you have that have had some experience, even technically a rookie in the sense coming in, David McDonald, in his first full season as a pro, it plays much more like a guy that's been around the block. And that, that, that trend goes not just beyond him, but everybody in that room, a very young team doesn't really play like a young team, does it?
1: You know, and I, I think the one thing I, I tell guys, too, is, uh, you know, like, when you, when you get here, I, you don't want to see guys uh, taking a back seat to anybody. I mean, there, there's there's 18 guys on the ice competing for a job. I mean, there's no reason why a young guy at 20 years old needs to come in here and take a back seat to, to, to somebody that's been here five, six years. If you're going to bring bring it and do the do the job that you can, you're going to play, and you're going to play a lot. So, um, and I think we've got, you know, the maturity of guys here. I think we've got a great group of guys that, like, that are returning guys that are making it. Uh, comfortable for these guys, these newer guys, so, you know, there's not, uh, there's a lot of camaraderie in the room, so I think the transition for guys from coming from junior college right into pro hockey here, especially in Cincinnati in our locker room, makes it a lot easier for these guys, and again, it, uh, you got to play with confidence. you got to come to the rink with confidence, and I think uh, that's one thing uh, uh, hopefully we're instilling in the, and the guys in the room are instilling in each other.
0: We'll take a quick break and come back with you in a little bit. Great. Thanks, Nick. That's the Cyclones head coach, Jared Scaldi. I'm Nick Brunker. We'll come back with Josh Shala on the other side of this timeout. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. You're listening to the Cyclones Radio Network. Right here. Right now. Right here. This is CycloneTalking.com. Right Live back at the Coors Light, Jared Scaldi Show here on the Cyclones Radio Network. Pleased to be joined by my next guest, who, as we talked about with the head coach, Jared Scaldi, in the last segment, coming off a tremendous stretch, nine points in his last 11 games. Please welcome number 20, Josh Shalla. Shalles, how you doing? Good, how are you? You can follow him on Twitter as well. Schals91 is his Twitter handle, if I'm correct. Yeah. He tweets quite often, actually. You're, you're a pretty active tweeter. Yeah, it's fun with all the guys on the internet there. Several. It's, it's much more than last year. Last year we had, you know, three, four, five, and then, of course, when Matthew Aubin got on the Twitter train, all bets were off at that point. Uh, things seem to be really coming along for you. We talk about the streak. We talk about just the way things are finding the net for you personally, but I think it goes beyond that, just the way you're playing of late. It really seems like things are clicking. What has been the biggest reason you feel like that has been the case?
2: uh just getting called up and down you know you just want to you want to get back there and it sets a thing in your mind you want you can want to prove them wrong you want to be there and uh you know you got to give 100 percent wherever you are and uh good things happen jared talks about doing the little things and and how important it is on a game-by-game basis to do those those things and do them well for you what does that mean personally well you got to win your battles you got to skate hard and you don't do that you don't play so you don't you got to win your battles and uh you just, you gotta go hard, go harder than that for me. I work on low, and you know I just kind to play simple and do my thing. It's a pretty common theme among all the first-year players
0: we've talked to, and there have been plenty this year. And the theme is. When you come into the to the first year as a professional yeah, many times you're you're playing in your first year against what they call men as opposed to boys when you know you're playing against 16 17 year old kids sometimes you're you know maybe three or four inches taller you have 50 or 60 pounds depending on on how it is heavier is there an adjustment from how your mindset was a year ago at this time to how it is today in the way you play the game and the way you approach it
2: Yeah, I learned pretty quick you can't do the same moves in junior. Uh, My first game I got absolutely ran over and Scald's Scald's welcomed me to the pro hockey there when I came off the ice. uh, you know, I was never a small guy playing junior, so mm-hmm. you know, I use my body to my advantage and I don't really get thrown away, thrown around too much. Well that's a good thing. And you finished your career as a as a
0: scorer and a big time scorer in Saginaw, all time leading goal scorer for Saginaw in franchise history. You have to be pretty proud of that achievement and, and you know, maybe someday it'll get broken for the time being, you're at the top of that list. And among all the players that have played there, that's a pretty impressive feat, isn't it?
2: Yeah, you know they've only been around 10, 11 years, so it's not as great Ten, as. But but sanguers, think about it. I'll think about
0: all the think about all the players that yeah. you go to HockeyDB and list all the players that are in there
2: that have played, and you have all the number one most goals of any any player on there. Yeah, I got I got the uh, privilege of playing with a lot of great players there, and a lot of them are playing pro hockey now. And uh, you know I never had a bad line that my mate play in there, so I was pretty fortunate. What's the biggest thing you, you've had to work on and adjust in your first year? Just speed. I think speed, uh, you've got to move your feet a lot here. You can't get caught standing still, or you're going to end up the whole zone behind the play. So you gotta, you got to keep your feet moving all the time.
0: It seems, and we talk about camaraderie in this group, everybody seems to pick each other up on the ice. And I know that you're not afraid of getting into the, the quote unquote dirty areas. Tell me about what it's like getting out there. And, you know, in a situation like on, on Saturday when things start to get chippy, or, or even in a game earlier in the season where,
2: you know, guys are on the ice and you're playing, and, and
0: you realize maybe i got to get in and, and mix it up a little bit.
2: I'm not known to drop my gloves too much, but I I like to get in there and chirp around and get under guys' skins, get them fired up. But, uh, you know, if anything does happen, we have every guy on our team is willing to stand up for you, and you know we just have the greatest group of guys here. And, and that I think makes a big difference
0: when you come in, and, and there really isn't somebody who you feel like you, know, you can't talk to, or you can't rely on. And I think on the ice and off, that makes a big difference when you think about the way teams succeed, especially at this level with all the movement around, and maybe less so this year because there hasn't been as much. It, it really makes a difference when you know you can count on the guy next to you on your left, and you look to your right, and you can count on the guy next to you there.
2: Well, no, it's great. There's not one bad guy on this team, you know. Uh, you are making a lot of strong friendships all away from the ice and we're so tight. We're winning games. Everybody's real happy. And, you know, I wouldn't rather be with any other guys in the soccer room. Is it interesting, I'm, I'm not
0: sure exactly how many players you played against so far in the year that you've played either with or against in your junior days. It, it really is amazing, though, coming into a year after year, you hear about guys who have played with so-and-so or played against so-and-so. Uh, is it amazing the, the, the small fraternity that it is in the OHL?
2: Oh yeah, you know every you know every guy, Mm -hmm. you know whatever he's done his whole career, you know who his best friends are, you know everything. It gives you some ammo, I'd imagine, when you're playing against
0: guys to to bring up some stuff that they may not want to hear.
2: Yeah, if they did some things in your past, you know about, it. and you tell the guy, you tell the guys, give it some pretty hard. <laughs> well, we talked a little bit about uh, your trip up to
0: the American League. Uh, when we talked in the intermission, I think it was a few weeks ago, about uh, the the confidence shot that you get when you go up and, and get a chance to play at that next level. And certainly, it showed coming back from that that call up. You have been the most consistent offensive player on this team. What did that do for you, confidence-wise, to go up there and play at that level and come back?
2: Yeah, I got. I was uh, on the second line there for a couple games, and I I played pretty well. Put up two assists, one games, and uh, you know that just set me off like once you get a point all the weights off your shoulders you feel like you do whatever you want and uh, you know I carry that back here and I'm carrying the puck more and I'm making smarter okay. passes and choices and I'm just having fun I know that it doesn't really uh, once you're playing the game and you're into the mix you don't think about it too much but I, I
0: know this year unlike many other years there are a lot of scouts and other you know people in the building from uh, the affiliates certainly Nashville being a draft pick of them I'm sure they're keeping an eye on you and hearing about you there are reports sent every game and everything like that but uh, does that ever you know come into your mind where maybe Maybe you're you're gonna be focused on a little bit more than in other years because of, of the lack of NHL hockey at this stage
2: well you, you can't really worry about it too much you just got to play your game once you start worrying about that then that's when your hands start getting shaky and mm-hmm. you can't do too much so you got you just got to go out there and play all right we're
0: gonna segue away from hockey a little bit F- uh, a handful of quick hitters for you quick questions rapid-fire style are you ready let's do this. all right your favorite food is steak that's an easy answer favorite movie uh, old-school the choice again. Favorite musical group or artist?
2: Mumford and Sons. Okay. Favorite superhero? I like Superman.
0: Superhero you feel like you are most like? I don't know. I... Tough question. No yeah. answer? Yeah, no answer. Okay, moving tough. on. <laughs> which Which of your teammates is the funniest? Uh, I like Bobo over here. He is very good. That's a new nickname. I haven't heard that one before. All right, and finally, which one of your teammates would be the best elf?
2: Christmas time. I think Mbaugh can make a pretty good elf.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is the end of our rapid-fire segment. Josh Ella, thank you very much. Thank you. Give it up for Josh Ella, everybody. We'll come back with David McDonald on the other side of this timeout. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. This is Cyclones um, You're listening to CyclonesHockey.com. We are back live at the Tap House Grill here in Kenwood. Another segment on the Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show. More with a coach coming up in just a couple of minutes. A couple of housekeeping items. Of course, Wednesday, Dollar Beers, PBR Miller High Life, and Ugly Sweater Party for us. So if you want to bring your best ugly sweaters down, we will have cash prizes for some of the best Wednesday night at the building. And then it is a uh, uh, Cyclones Snow Globe night Friday. Both games against Florida, both 730. Also, one more note, I have a pair of sneak preview passes to The Hobbit, an unexpected Journey winner coming up. I think it's good for the Wednesday the 12th. So that is just a couple of days from now. I will give those away at the end of the show. Pleased to welcome in my next guest, a man who is a couple of months deep into his first full season as a pro. Please welcome defenseman number 12, David McDonald rousing round of applause for Biff. How are you? Not too bad. How are you? I just got to ask you first and foremost, we talked about, you know, being a rookie technically. uh, It certainly helps going back to last season. You joined the club uh, in their southern swing when they went down in March to to play uh, uh, Gwinnett and Greenville and uh, the likes down there. Uh, Tell me a little bit about how that time frame last season helped you kind of adjust to what technically is your rookie season, but not really. Yeah, no,
3: it was good. Uh, I got to meet all the guys just get accustomed to the league. It was a, it was definitely a step up from uh, university. So coming down helped me, helped me out a lot. And coming into this year, I feel that you know it's, it's still a jump with the lockout and better players in this league. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know day by day trying
0: to. Try and do what you can to stay in the lineup. Being in a situation where you're trying to you know, play in different roles, and, and we talked about finding identities, and certainly it seems like you've found yours as, as the quote-unquote sheriff of, of this team for right now. Tell me about if that is how you see yourself right now, or is that not something that you you like to, to put into your mind?
3: Well, I don't really think about it. I'm not going you know, into each game thinking that I'm going to have to fight someone, but... Uh, I just sorta of take it upon myself. If someone's, you know,
0: messing around with any of the
3: guys I'll I'll fight them. It doesn't really matter to me. <laughs> Either way, you know. It
0: but. doesn't seem like anybody is afraid of, of mixing it up. If somebody ha- it takes a liberty on your guys, I mean, you think of, of some of the hits that, that uh, Lindstrom took a couple weeks back, and everybody seemed to jump into the mix. You were one of those, those guys that jumped right in. Garrett Wilson, of course, in the fight as well. And, and I got to think that, you know, coming into the situation where you know, you know, some teams have their, their guy that's their enforcer. I mean, you think back to some of the teams that have played here and even across the league, you know, that's the guy that's going to get into the fight. It seems like everybody's willing to step up and, and make that. That step take that fight
3: yeah I think that's one of the one of the best things about this team you know you can go out there and play a game and uh, if something if something does happen a big hit or you know if there's a play someone takes uh, liberties on a guy I think that every single guy in the dressing room will, will step up and protect their teammates so you know it it, it doesn't seem like our team has that one guy. I guess I'm that guy now, and that's fine with me. It's not. It's not something I think about. I just try to go out and play my game.
0: Is there any player in the National Hockey League that you idolize and you try to play like, and maybe emulate a bit?
3: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely not. Uh, I don't know. Back when I was younger, I liked Brian McCabe, but uh, don't really have any. You know, any guys now? I guess that that I watch all the time. I don't really watch hockey that much. So it, uh, you know, I just
0: try to play my own game and do what I can. How would you describe yourself as a defenseman? I mean, you hear the, the cliche, stay at home or aggressive or offensive. How would David McDonald describe himself?
3: Uh, I'd like to think of myself as sort of a stay-at-home defenseman. Uh, like to play physical, block shots. If I get a chance on the offense side, that's great. But if not,
0: it's, uh, it's not really something that I worry about. It seems like everybody seems to be comfortable with everyone else when you, when you switch defensive pairings. I know that you know many teams up in the American League and in the National Hockey League, you get your, your guy, your partner, you work with him. I mean, you think back to when you and, and Hawk were playing together in college, it's the same thing. That was something we talked about in a documentary, uh, Making the Cut Before the Season, about how being accustomed to a guy for as many years as you, you get that, that privilege in college or playing in the junior leagues, uh, to get a chance to play with somebody every, every single game in and out. This now has been a scenario where you've been mixed and matched in different scenarios, different uh, uh, different players on your pairing. Is that tough as a defenseman, still trying to kind of find his way in the first first year as a pro?
3: Oh, obviously you'd like to, you know, try to to play with that one guy for the whole year, but that's just not the way it works in pro hockey. In university, where I was, it's you know you got the same guys there all year. They're they're not really going anywhere. So, uh, but. Like Scald said, all of our defensemen are good skaters, smart, good good puck movers. So it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's tough at times. Uh, if you get used to playing with one guy, you know, he, he plays a certain way. You sort of know where he's going to be. But every, every defenseman on our team is a good
0: player. So, you know, as long as we communicate, everyone's fine out there. Like you said, it just comes back to, you know, playing that, that system that, that Jared and Matt have talked about. What's the biggest thing you've learned so far in your first, technically, first year as a full-year pro?
3: Uh there there's been a lot of things you know where where to be on the ice positioning. Uh it's a little different from from university here we pretty much just played man on man mm-hmm. where where I was so at at first I struggled a bit with it but uh Matt and Jared helped me out a lot with that. So I think I think the system that we're playing now is you know something that that I like a lot more than the man-on-man.
0: Man, I feel like I've, I've learned a lot defensively since I've been here. And thinking about all the games that you played, there's been a lot of close close action, a lot of one-goal games, a lot of, of two-goal games. As a defenseman, playing on one of the top three defensive teams in the ECHL, A, it's, a, I imagine, a pretty good testament to what you guys are doing and how you're working and, and playing in the system that Jared and Matt have, have built for you guys. But also, you know, being able to play in games like that, and still find a way to succeed. That takes a tremendous amount of, I would say, mental willpower. Because a lot of times, when you're playing in those games or watching them as fans, I think it's it's nerve-wracking for us. Is it as nerve-wracking for you as a player to be in a game like that?
3: I don't think I don't. When you're playing, you're you really not thinking about uh, you know. You're just thinking about doing your job on the ice. Uh, you know, you're out there for 30, 40 seconds. You just try to win all your battles, do everything right, just to you know give the team the the shot to go down the ice and score. So. It, uh, it's not something that I don't think any of the players think about. We just got to go out and do our
0: jobs. So, All right, some quick hitters, rapid fire style, to wrap up our segment with David McDonald. If anybody has more that they want to add, we can take them and we'll, we'll have him answer them as best he can. Easy one, first off favorite food? Pizza. What kind? Which kind of pizza? Uh-huh, it doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter. Favorite? favorite movie? Uh,
3: Shawshank uh, Redemption, is that what it's called? That, yeah. that is yeah. it.
0: You obviously, obviously really yeah. like that movie yeah, I Okay. It, yeah. A favorite musical yeah. group or artist? Uh, probably Mumford and Sons as well. Really? Yeah. So you guys share an iPod, is that what it is? Uh, no, no, not with him. No. Okay. Well, if there was a movie made about you, who would star as David McDonald?
3: Ooh, tough one. Probably
0: Brad Pitt. Of you look alike. <laughs> Who would who would star as Josh Shallow? Uh, oh, I don't know. Maybe nice. maybe uh
3: maybe that Bobo guy of finding Sasquatch, he looks <laughs> really cool.
0: All right. And last but not least, Ice Time notwithstanding. How would who, who would play Jared Scaldy?
3: Oh Scald. Uh, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think, Charles? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a tough one. I don't I don't know. What do you think?
0: Uh, I'm not gonna answer no, that question either. Me either. <laughs> I appreciate your rapid-fire answers. Give it up for David McDonald, everybody. We'll come back with the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi, on the other side of this. This is the Cyclones Radio Network. CyclonesHockey.com.
1: CyclonesHockey.com. All right,
0: we're coming down to the last 10 minutes or less of our show here on this Monday night. Tap House Grill, again, programming note, next week will be the final... Coors Light Jared Scaldi Show of 2012 before the calendar flips to 2013. We, of course, will not be playing on Christmas Eve. And the following Monday, we'll be up in Kalamazoo not celebrating the new year like many people do. We'll be on a bus, and that's okay, as Jared has talked about last week. We won't discuss any further than that. or uh, I'm
1: just going to say, we're going to save a couple hundred dollars each by not going out on New Year's for the overpriced, overrated <laughs> night of the year.
0: Before, before we give away the tickets before we give away the tickets, which we will do using something from your past, at least uh, from a trivia question standpoint, let's go back to Florida one last time, talk a little bit about uh, the mindset going into the week. You talked about how they play. Uh, it seems like when we talk with either you up before the game or Matt before the game, it, it really is, is interesting to note that the game plan, I don't think, ever really seemingly changes at all. If you're doing the things that you have done successfully this year, you're going to win most of your games. And it doesn't matter who you're playing. The system stays pretty much the same, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a certain way we want to play, and and, and that's what we that's our objective every night is play that way. We do make some adjustments, some, uh, some slight changes. But overall, I think... Uh, you know, if we do we do the things that we want to do and do them the way we want to do them, then then you know I think we're going to be very successful that night. So uh, um, you know we, we we we've stuck to it for most of the year. I think you know some nights we've gotten away from it, and some nights we've won that game or maybe we have not won that game. But overall, I think uh, you know when we play the way we want to play, I think with our, our speed and the, and the players that we have, I think that uh, we give ourselves a better chance every every night.
0: I meant to ask you earlier when we were talking about the roster shuffle, just a name that they completely eluded me for some reason Dan Eves uh, missed Saturday's game and, and I guess there's there really hasn't been any update from my end on where he is for Wednesday night is he going to be available for Wednesday or is it a game no. day by day
1: no he's he hasn't even practiced yet since uh, last week so um, you know see how he feels he's just not 100% yet he just doesn't feel right and it's one of those things it's almost like a concussion when you know the player is going to decide when he's ready you know it's uh, no different than anybody coming after a concussion we don't make that decision you know the player is going to decide when when he's ready, and he's 100%, and then we'll get him into practice and then into games. Last
0: question, not hockey-related. We are celebrating our ugly sweater party on Wednesday night, Christmas-wise. I know that uh, that you like to get into the mix sometimes with some of our promotions. Are you going to be donning an ugly sweater Wednesday night?
1: Nah, no, i will not be donning a <laughs> su- uh, sweater Wednesday night. No, I'll, uh, I'll leave that up to the players and... Uh, and all that. But that sounds like fun. I can't wait. I know I saw some pretty ugly ones over the last couple of years on on this event, so Mm -hmm. I'm excited to see it on Wednesday. And I think
0: they don't even need Christmas time, some of these players, in terms of the (laughs) the wardrobe they have. We've, We've seen some good interesting wardrobe changes in our room over the course of the last couple of years. All right. We have two tickets to give away to The Hobbit before we wrap things up. We will do it by asking a trivia question. Relatively simple, if you know the history of the man sitting to my right, the head coach of the Cyclones, Jared Scaldi. Two tickets for Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, at 7 p.m. at the Springdale 18 Cinema Deluxe. The first person that can correctly identify one of the teams that Jared Scaldi played for in the National Hockey League will win the tickets.
1: Devils! Devils. Devils.
0: I heard Dallas in the back. Or is it Devils?
1: Devils!
0: Is that correct? Sure is. Congratulations, you have won the
1: tickets.
0: (laughs) And that is how we will end tonight's show. Thank you for being with us tonight. We're glad you have uh, spent some time with us. We hope to see you on Wednesday and Friday night at U.S. Bank Arena. Good luck to you and the team, and we will uh, see you right back here next week. Thanks a lot, guys. That's Cyclones Head Coach Jared Scaldi for Josh Shallott, David McDonald, and everybody that have come out to join us tonight. Thanks for being with us, and we'll see you Wednesday night at U.S. Bank Arena. Good night, everybody.